Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Online Selling Partner Podcast. I'm here today with my co-host, Ethan Davis, and I am the host, Isaiah. And I'm back. <laughs> Better than ever. He's back. He's ready. Bet you and didn't expect it. Here I am. We're ready to talk about Amazon. So today we have an awesome topic, something that we do a, too much around here. And I don't know if we, <laughs> if it's something that we want to continue to to uh, to really blow up, but is selling food, consumable food that goes into people's mouths on Amazon. Interesting you to specify that part. Yes. Now, what I will say is that I do love food. And yes. I could talk about food a long time and yes. a lot. Yes. And go really in depth about all the different food that I like. But when it comes to selling on Amazon, it's a way different story. <laughs> yeah, that's right. I think as we found out. So we do sell a lot of food products. And I think generally it seems to do well for us. Yes. That's but right. In doing well for us, inevitably, you run into problems. That's right. That's right. And the biggest problems that you run into, I have to say, are probably expirations. Expiration date. Man, he's yeah. going to cut straight to the chase. Expiration date. Yeah, Maybe forget all this fluff. <laughs> forget that fluff. Forget it. No, that, uh, we're yeah. not here for fluff. We're here for content. We're, we're here for the real thing. I do want to point out, anybody that's watching on YouTube, is um, it is in the middle of winter right now. It is like December. We are in Indiana. And Ethan is wearing a Hawaiian style polo. I'd start singing for you, but none of us want that. <laughs> and I'm, I'm thinking <laughs> my nice wool rich coat. <laughs> yeah. Oh, it's rigid in here. It's very, very cold. We're a little bit cold. Somebody needs to fix the heater in the podcast room. But anyway, we're saving money. We're cutting costs. And we're doing that because food is killing us. <laughs> yeah. Anyway. So, yeah. So it's very important. To um, save money, cut costs, especially in this environment uh, with uh, rising interest rates. Well, actually, I heard that they might go down, which is cool. The Fed came out and said something about, hey, guys, we might lower interest rates. So it might not be as expensive to, to hold inventory. But going back to food, so we have sold a lot of food. We have some awesome partners out there that we work with that we, we sell food. But we have found that expiration dates are quite the challenge. And, um, and not only that, but, you know, there's other things like boxes sometimes get crushed easier if it's a food product. Um, if Amazon has an issue with, uh, transparency or whatever, and Amazon sends the product back as a removal order, um, sometimes I don't think they really think about how they package some of these, some of the food items. So sometimes they'll come crushed. Oh, that's, man. that's the other thing is you got to watch out for uh, shipping issues with food and then ultimately because it's so expensive to ship food the price of food on amazon is usually more expensive than it is it's stored depending on the product of course uh unless you have doing a multi-pack so another challenge with food is multi-packs so there's a lot of challenges to go through today guys and um for those out there that are that are using vendor central today to sell their food products you know that can be really good uh, especially like, you know, if you're thinking about, hey, should I use Vendor Central? Should I use Seller Central for selling food on Amazon? There's a huge benefits of using Vendor Central, especially if you're trying to sell the food products under $15 price point. So if you're just selling this, uh, you know, if you're selling a, a little thing of cookies and you want to sell it for $5 because it sells for $5 at the store, you know, that's sometimes the uh, Amazon with Vendor Central, you know, obviously can can make that happen more. And um, 
And so it is, there, there's some benefits to it. Uh, Amazon, we were discussing earlier, they, you know, they'll throw those co-op fees and all those other uh, fees out there. And it depends on your negotiations, obviously, with, with Vendor Central. Um, but, you know, it, if it comes damaged, you're, you're going to have issues and you have to fight damage claims. Um, you know, there, there's so many different things that you're going to have to watch out for. But if you are thinking about going Seller Central and selling FBA, it by Amazon. Um, you know, I think you're definitely going to have to watch out um, with the way that Amazon has their first in, first out system. You know, Amazon FBA has a great FIFO system. It's amazing. <laughs> the best one I've ever seen. <laughs> it's called whatever food product or or whatever is closest to the customer. <laughs> if if your product is being held in a warehouse in Atlanta, Georgia, and somebody from Georgia purchases the product, most likely it's going to be shipped there. doesn't matter what the expiration date is. Right. So, Which, you know, makes sense from Amazon's standpoint, absolutely. being so customer-centric. Yes. Of course, they're going to want to try to give that customer the best experience, and the best experience normally they've established as the quickest shipping time. Absolutely. So, yeah, that's, I think we have many things to talk about food, not to necessarily discourage you, but to let you know that there's there's lots of issues that can arise when you're selling food and That's to right. be aware about. That's right. And and you can make a lot of money uh, with your brand selling yeah. on Amazon. It also, you know, it, it's a great for brand awareness. You know, people are going into store, they might, uh, or you're trying to pitch your food product to a, a retailer like a Target or whatever, and you could show up, hey, mm-hmm. I got all these great reviews on Amazon and and so, I mean, there's there's huge benefits of being on being at, on Amazon and everything, but there's also lots of challenges, like you're saying, Ethan, with food compared to just selling, I don't know, brown wooden wooden shelves. <laughs> I, I don't know why I thought of that, but you know, just like brown wooden shelves are a lot less complex than food. So that's true. The the food side. And I probably should have written things down because you can break into each yes. individual thing separately. And earlier you were talking about FIFO, yes, which stands for first in, first out. And we were joking too, by the way, that Amazon uh, FBA has a really bad uh, FIFO system. It uh, was sarcasm. Yeah. <laughs> and they don't have that FIFO system like he was saying. So what, what we found is a lot of times you're sending an inventory. So if I send 200 units this week, and I'm, I'm selling through them, but I need to send another 200 units next week. The problem is if they're dated differently, Amazon will mix those things together. Yes. And what will inevitably end up happening is Amazon will, again, take the side of customers. So if a customer complains about something being expired, it actually doesn't even have to be expired. It can be close to expiration, or if they feel it's too close, they yes. can still ding you for it. You get a couple of those dings and Amazon will look at the inventory, but then they'll just start sidelining it as expired. They call it a bid check. Yeah. You'll do a bin check. Right. So they'll, they'll check it and you can request those manually too, by the way, if you're trying to figure things out. But I think that's one of the biggest problems with things that expire at Amazon is you have no vision of it. That's true. So you don't know. If if I sent 500 units in, I don't know if they do a bin check for me. Are they going to grab one of the units I sent in two weeks ago? Or are they going to grab a unit I sent a month ago? Yes. So it's really hard to say because you have no control over that. So it's 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 hard when you have those 
items that specifically have low like thresholds of being in a store mm-hmm. like a shelf life yeah low shelf life those are really tough items if you've got a food item that lasts like over a year yeah. you're probably in a pretty good spot you'll probably sell it before then no Correct. worries yeah but if you're talking things like bread those those type of things that expire a lot quicker bags of chips you know it's it's not like a grocery store that it gets put on the shelf people get it and that's gone yeah. It's like there's a whole process to send that into Amazon yeah. for them. Then, the, then they have to send it to their fulfillment centers. So it could be a month before your product even gets to the fulfillment center it needs to get to, let's That's say. Yeah. And then the customer buys it and has to go through the same chain. Well, really, even though that product was 120 days out, by the time the customer gets it, it's like 45. Yes. And they're like, whoa, 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 it's too close. And we've had that happen quite frequently. And we're like, we sent it with plenty of time. So there's there's plenty of struggles there. And according to Amazon policy, with Seller Central anyway, is that your product cannot be sent to FBA unless it's at a minimum 105 days in the future of the expirations. That's what they want. That's what they said. But what's, and even then, though, you got to watch. What's What's interesting is though that some products that's actually impossible. Like (laughs) the way that the product is made and it gets imported from a different country. By the time it lands in the U.S., it's already below 90 days. Yeah. Those items still sell on Amazon. People still do it. Mm -hmm. Amazon doesn't want you to do that. Uh, But they're like, it happens. But those products become even harder. Mm -hmm. So that's why it's like every product's going to be a little bit different depending on what the product is. But expirations will get you in so many ways. Not not only like will they sideline it, but then you got to pay for the product to come back, or you have to dispose of it, Ugh. and then that could take forever. We've we've had like removal orders that we've done that it came back a year later. Yeah. All right. Ridiculous. So imagine it, it, investing all your capital, yeah, in, in in the food product, and then it gets sidelined, expired. Okay, it's not expired, but I have to bring it back because Amazon marked it that way. It's yes. got the mark of death on it, <laughs> so now I've got to bring it back. Yeah. So you bring it back and like, okay, I got to ship it back in because they made a mistake. Well, it doesn't show up for two, three, four months. Or it shows up 10 here, five here. Yeah. Like maybe that's okay for an item that doesn't expire, but you are on the clock. Yes. The moment that that item lands in your warehouse, you got a timer. Yes. And that's like the shelf life timer of the product. And it's really important that you sell it as quickly as possible because you're a day closer to not making money on it. So true. And, and, also imagine that your warehouse or your 3PL that's processing your inventory to be shipped to Amazon, uh, making sure that the time, well, making sure that it doesn't expire in their warehouse is a big deal, but also making sure that the time it takes from that 3PL to get it to Amazon warehouses, I mean, it depends on the 3PL and what they're doing, but sometimes, you know, it'll take two, three, four weeks just to get from that 3PL or your warehouse to the Amazon Fulfillment Center and get checked in to get ready to sell. So you have to really understand what that timeline is for you. I mean, we're very blessed that we are here in Indiana and we have spent thousands of hours figuring out the Amazon system so that most of our products from the time it goes from our warehouse and gets checked into the Amazon warehouses, it's uh, less than 48 hours, 24, 48 hours. So, you know, that's something that we've tried to really dial in um, and one of our strengths, I would say, you know, absolutely for for our company. But I would say that, you know, for for those out there that that don't have that luxury, um, 
understanding those timelines are really important. Understanding what's in your warehouse, you know, hey, we've had it before where we've had a pallet or two of food that, you know, something happened in the warehouse, made a mistake, and it expired <laughs> because it was just sitting at our warehouse, right? And didn't get shipped to the Amazon fulfillment centers to be shipped to the customer. So, um, you know, we, we've made mistakes before. So it's, uh, it's shocking, but it does happen. Uh, the, uh, the other thing I think, that, you know, we've, we've talked a lot about the challenges of food, but one really big positive about food, which we'll go back to some of these challenges, but the return rate is extremely low. Customer return rate. Well, and I think Amazon's been working and changing that because oh, oh really? as, as I know, people can't return food items. Yeah. So uh, the return rate is probably extremely low because most things they aren't even allowed to return. Yeah. And I know, and this is not a shameless plug, but I, <laughs> I know that for my company selling freeze dried candy. Like those, and what's your company called again, Ethan? Oh, we don't have to worry about that. But, no, but, it's, it but it's space snackers. Space dried candy. <laughs> yeah. But when yeah. you're like the, that candy, like yeah. those listings, it's in a grocery and gourmet category yeah. and they are unable to return it. Yeah. So, which, which is a good thing, right? Like, cause I can, we can think of like clothing, right? Clothing has historically an incredibly high return, return rate. Complete opposite of clothing. <laughs> it's, it's difficult, but the, the downside of having something that can't be returned is that customers can feel, I'm not going to say betrayed, but because they can't return it, they can, they get upset when they think something's wrong. So that's just something to be aware of. If you're kind of doing your own customer service that way mm. is that with, with food items, most likely they can't be returned and you just kind of have to stay on top of the, the customer side of it, making sure that you get them taken care of. But um, no, there, there's great positives to, to having the food side. You're yeah. hitting such a wide market. And here's the thing. Everyone has to eat. That you know what I think the biggest thing for food for me yeah. is well subscribe and save is great. Subscribe save. But yeah. if, if you can get people on Consum a subscription model, that's amazing. But food is so consumable. Yes. That the great thing about food is like like you said, everyone has to eat. Yeah. That's why like McDonald's and these places do so well because people are constantly eating. Yeah. You know, like if I buy a five thousand dollar battery, I might only buy that battery once. Mm -hmm. It's a way bigger purchase. So the difference is you've got to you've got to get the quantity side. Yeah. So the margins are normally lower, and that kind of all plays into it. So like when we're doing food, our margins are probably lower, and we probably have to hit more quantity to, to make that money back. So it's like it's all a calculation you have to figure out and, under, and understand. And we're not saying you know, don't sell food on Amazon. A lot Absolutely of you not. guys that are listening probably have existing food brands. They so don't really have an option. But uh, you know, there's some really good positives and. and you know, another positive that I will go to is Amazon, if you're using the Seller Central now, is they're providing more and more data on, on brand analytics and demographics data, but they're also uh, provide really easy to see LTVs <clears throat> of your customers and uh, percentage, you know, of your customers that purchase again. And, you know, a lot of the food items that we sell have 25% plus return customer rate, which is you know, without subscriber save, that's just yeah, that's just yeah, yeah. So I mean, you know, if you you have to thank your LTVs on consumable products like that. Awesome. Do you want to define LTV just in case anyone doesn't know? Yes, go ahead. Uh, lifetime value. 
it's like life, time, value. You know, I I thought lifetime was one word. Is it two words? (laughs) I think it's one word. Maybe it's two words, but But LTV, lifetime, value. Either way. Yeah, go ahead. No, I just want to make sure, because sometimes, and this happens a lot in the Amazon world, (laughs) we have all these acronyms and everything that Amazon's come up with, or... The or business, kind of come up the business with, world. There's, there's, so many. there's yeah. literally so many out there, and I'm sure most people know what that means. But for the people that don't, yeah. I'm trying to make sure that we make it accessible to them as well. Lifetime value of a customer is again, if you do like the the battery side versus mm-hmm. the food side, you know, this customer to me, how much money, maybe for lack of better words, am I going to make from them? From this one customer, what's their value going to be for me in the end? Yeah. So if a smaller, cheaper food product, maybe I'll sell three, four, five bags to them. So they're going to have this value to me. You know what's really funny is it says LTV is lifetime value. But I, I see people calculate, hey, what's the LTV on one year's time of a customer? I'm like, if you really think about it, then that shouldn't be called the <laughs> lifetime value. That should be called the YTV, your time value. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> Here you are making up new acronyms. I'm telling you, man. But I'm serious. You know, that's it's really, true. that is a way that people calculate. They're like, how much product does a customer buy in a year? And that's their lifetime value. And you're like, um, well, I guess it's a percentage of the I lifetime value. I guess if you value. only want to sell to them for a year. Well, I don't know. But, I, but when I think of lifetime value, I think of like the customers. Like, that's their like 55 year old buying power lifetime on average or whatever the number. Like the, I don't know, but anyway, um, just rambling. That that's what you get for listening to this podcast. So uh, I'm thinking of like, yeah, I'm thinking of like McDonald's. Why? I don't know why, why are you thinking? Of McDonald's? Oh my goodness! Do you McDonald's no, today? no. Here's I'll tell you what it is. Okay. okay, these people are so good at advertising. Yes, like everything they do is so on purpose. Yes, the golden arches, the yellow, the the red, like. There's studies on color and how it makes us feel and how it translates yeah. into food. But I just, the, the red box with those crispy fries. Oh, that's, I was thinking of lifetime value and I was thinking, you know, how does McDonald's calculate lifetime value of, oh. of the people? I mean, when's the from? first time you had McDonald's fries? Oh, I don't know. I was a kid. Man. Exactly. I was exactly. getting nugget meals. I was getting it for the hat. I was getting it for the toy. Let's all be honest. Yeah. But I would beg for that when toy. they think of lifetime value, they literally think about Ethan your entire life. And you know what? They even think about your grandkids. They're like, we're going to get this kid's grandkids to eat McDonald's. I mean, like they really think about lifetime. Value. So we need to figure out how we can think about that lifetime, but translate it to Amazon. Yes, exactly. How can we get, their kids involved to then become adults, but then they have kids and they all love product that we sell. And the other important thing is, is that those kids actually have kids. You know, that's true. There, there's a problem now. There's a lot of people that don't have kids. But anyway, that's another subject. <laughs> but by the way, kids' meals are still there. Yeah, and that's, still maybe that's that's probably how they got me started. That's why they do the toys in the kids' meal. Exactly. As a kid, they get you excited about going. Oh, McDonald's has the best toys. And as you get older, it's like not about the toys anymore, but you're still having the food. Yeah. Brainwashing, man. It is, it's pretty amazing. So anyway, going back to Amazon, um, when you're thinking about lifetime value, however you calculate it, I, and there's some great like Excel formulas and nerds out there that I've seen that come up with great calculations for lifetime value. Um, there's great, there's Amazon third-party softwares that, that you can track your lifetime value. And, and really what, why Amazon wants you to think about lifetime value? Because they're like, hey, 
spend more money on PPC to acquire that customer because that customer is not just worth the one transaction. That customer is worth 10, 20, 30, 89 million transactions and then all the people they tell and everything else. So they really, they want you to think about lifetime value so that you spend more money on PPC. Wait, you're telling me Amazon wants more of our money? With PPC? With anything? Now that, that surprises me. I thought Amazon was on our side. Yeah, anyway. <laughs> Amazon yeah. is going to do everything they can to make sure yeah. that they're doing what's right for the customer, but also they're trying to make money their business. So they're going to do everything they can to, to do that. Yeah. But that's why if you know your own lifetime value yeah. of your product, then you can you know that if you do make that sale and you've done your own calculations yeah. on, on the other side of just your product in general, if they have yeah. my product, they try it. I know that they're probably going to come back this time. So true. And, and that's, these are all things you need to think about. And, you, you know, you might be listening and it's like, man, my job is just to sell my brand products on Amazon. Well, if you can calculate the LTV and show that to your boss and say like, hey, this is really the LTV or our, our product on Amazon. And also making sure that, you know, your brand image looks good. It helps your brand long term. All these things, these are, you know, your boss will be happy to, to, to see all these numbers. So make sure that you, you're looking at that. You're, and then, you know, we're hitting the marketing side of things. We started with the logistics side of things. And, uh, you know, and there, there's still more complexities. I mean, yeah, let's, let's, I've I mean, got like five other things that yeah. I haven't even just like, haven't even talked about. There, there was one, I think, that I did want to mention. Yes. And it's a, a lot but, of times I'm trying to figure out how to put it into words. Well, one one huge one is distribution control. That's that's mine after years. Oh, <laughs> distribution control is a good one. Yeah, because it's huge in the food industry. The the one I was thinking of is not with distribution, but specifically a lot of the products. And, and you guys might have this where you don't make the listing. The listing is yours from the beginning. Oh. You're just selling on it. Mm. There's complexities with that. Yes. With with food items, oh. they they want FN SKUs, which makes sense. They don't really want the shared inventory. They want to know. He's talking whose about on, it is. on Seller Central side. Create your FNSKUs. Yes, correct. So they want it Amazon barcoded. Mm-hmm. They don't want it UPC. Well, you know, it's totally possible to create listings that kind of bypass that. I mean, you can say things don't expire. I mean, this is doing it the wrong way, but. You Say things don't expire. And Ethan, have you, you can, done this? You you, is get, this a confession? You can get past all of that. <laughs> but the point is, people make these listings. Exactly. Right? So you're so you're getting onto this listing to to resell it. And we had a case where we sent in like a thousand units on on a listing, and it was set to where it wasn't set correctly mm-hmm. in Amazon. Amazon then picked up that it's a product that does in fact expire. Yeah. And they're like, whoa, whoa, whoa. You can't send in on this anymore because the the product it expires, so you have to recreate it oh. and make sure it's using Amazon barcode, not UPC. Ooh. So that's a whole process that can happen, and you might not even know what's happening because you just hopped onto a listing. And, so like the, it's those yeah. complexities that oh. you just you don't get until you go through it. Yeah, and you're like, man, why is this happening to me? And I just sent all those units in, and now you're saying I can't do that. Oh, but. Man. That's just one issue that we came across, and it was annoying well, to fight, but you know we got through it. I mean, there's another random issue I'm thinking about was um, 
it's when things get into stuck into FC processing on Amazon for whatever reason. If it's transparency, if you're trying to use transparency, and then for whatever reason they can't scan the code, blah blah blah, and then it gets stuck in the middle of nowhere for a month or two months. Then it then it expires, and then Amazon gets mad. Oh, man. or if they if one customer explains about expiration, it goes on to your account health, and then <laughs> and then you try to fight it. And then they shut down the entire ASIN. Uh, you know, so give us a plan of action on how you could fix this. Well, I would love to fix it if you would ship the product. <laughs> but you sidelined it, and then you flagged it for it being expired. So really, why don't you give me a plan of action on how you're not going to do that to me again? But that, these are real things, by the way. This is real. This is real stuff. <laughs> Absolutely real. All right. One of the biggest challenges of selling food online is distribution control. So a lot of food brands, and I get it, they want their product in every Kroger, every Walmart, every store shelf they can, because that's where people buy, right? Is right. Uh, Most food is purchased at retail, 90 plus percent or whatever it is. So the challenge with that is that there, you have so many different people that can get a hold of your product, you know, get it on a slight discount, blah, blah, blah. So you have all these people that are third-party sellers that will jump on Amazon and try to sell your food product. If you are selling food on Amazon, you know what I'm talking about. So with that being such a challenge, it also ties into everything else. If you're sending in products with expiration dates, if you have a bunch of resellers that are selling your products that you don't have the buy box and you can't sell it, or if you have a competitive external price issue where Walmart is selling your product for $5 and you have the same exact UPC on Amazon and you can't sell it for $5 on Amazon. You have to sell it for more because fees and everything else are more expensive on Amazon. But Amazon, uh, Walmart in-store is decided to sell it at 5 and you have to sell it at 15 Then you will lose the buy box. And if you lose the buy box, then you can't sell. And then you, your products will get expired. Uh, it's a chain. Yeah. It's a chain of events. So try to make sure... You know, your Amazon's ASIN SKUs are uniquely uh, different, preferably a, if you put a different UPC, multi-packs, something like, I mean, oh, man, multi-packs. Oh, <laughs> we'll talk about that later. Um, but, you know, that's an issue that could happen. Distribution control is so, so, so important. And a lot of people just have zero control. So if you could somehow make a unique SKU, on Amazon, use Amazon transparency so nobody else jumps on that SKU. And, and it doesn't have to be completely unique. It could just be bundled a little bit differently. It could just, you know, just get creative on, you know, don't overthink it. Just a simple uniqueness on whatever it is um, with your listing can make it unique enough to be different than the Walmart one. But make sure you put in a different UPC. If you're just starting, and you're, you're a startup, you know, think about this. Or if you're an existing company and you're launching a new product on Amazon, though that is the way I would think about it, um, is think about your distribution control. It is a headache. So there's a lot of challenges with selling food on Amazon. Um, multi-packs, again, you know, uh, you're, you're supposed to um, send the products in transparent bagging. Uh, for multi-packs and you have to put a stickers sold as a stat. Um, you know, there's, there's all that. And then, you know, a lot of 3PLs won't do that for you. And then like, how do you get that done within your organization? That's, that's difficult. 
So, um, anyway, yes, we we've done it all, but it's uh, it's definitely a challenge. But at the end of the day, there's some, definitely some positives to selling food on Amazon. We talked about high um, LTVs, low return rates, if any return. I mean, sometimes none. Um, you know, so there's, you know, if we just had that, it would, it would be great. So, but you're always going to have good and bad. There's always a balance. That's right. So for all the bad things that you could say, you could show all the good things. Yeah. So as long as you know that, which I'm sure most of you do, but it's kind of, it's hard to see that sometimes when you're Mm -hmm. just seeing the downside and you're fighting all these different things, but they're definitely good. Son, we've done it for years and we're continuing to do it. We sell food. So, you know, we can't sit here and say that we don't do it. We do, but we go through the issues and we, we know what it takes to go through it because we have to fight it all the time, all day long. Yes. But that's okay because it's, it's worth it, but you just have to know the risk because it might not be worth it for everyone because everyone's in a different spot. And I'll just say one thing when you're talking about the distribution control side, it's, it's hard if you haven't built that in initially and you started, it's, it's hard to go back and fix it. It's not impossible. That's but right. it's it's very difficult. Oh, if oh. you are in the starting phases of maybe a new brand that you're building, or, or any or a company that's food wise, and you're going to the distribution places, I would suggest building out a structure for the distribution to where you can control it. Whether it's map, whether it's making them sign agreements yes. that whoever does buy from that can't sell on Amazon or has to adhere mm-hmm. to. However you decide that you want to do that for your product, starting that early is going to be significantly better because there are some brands out there that do it really well. And the moment that you break that map price, they know about it and they're on top of it and they'll cut you off the distribution. Oh, like, and and that's, that's one way to do it. If you want to do that or, or you can just have it. So they sign agreements that maybe you don't want them to be on Amazon. Maybe you don't even want your brand on Amazon. This could be a different scenario. But the the way for all of that is you have to kind of start it from the beginning. It's going to be the easiest for you to put those things in place. But not impossible if you already have an established brand. It's just going to take a lot of work. I will throw this out there. If you're having an issue with Unify, Kehi, One Dot, respecting your distribution control, you're not the only one. You're not the only one. Especially Unify. I'm just going to throw them out there. Any employees at Unify, please listen to this carefully. <laughs> is, this a, is this a call for help? No, I'm just saying. We need help. We need help. Um, please uh, respect distribution control. But, of course, they don't want to. They want to sell to as many random Amazon sellers as possible and uh, make as much money as they can. So it's, it, is, it is a challenge. But it's not impossible, again. Uh, to to work through the situations with them, but I, I think really the easiest way is is making the SKUs on Amazon unique in some sort of way. And when people do list your products on Amazon, making uh, making it painful in the beginning when there's really not a lot of sales, it will uh, it will really help in the long run. So anyway, we we covered a lot, and there was just a lot of tidbits, and we could go an hour in each little subject that we went into but i think uh i think this was this was pretty solid sweet so any final thoughts not that i can think of i think it's because i'm just i'm having memories play back (laughs) of all the cases that i've opened 
And all of the calls that I've done fighting food products, but still knowing that it was worth it. <laughs> it, was, it was worth it because we made money on it. Yeah. But I've just, I think the flashbacks are taking over. Oh, the it's okay, Ethan. It's okay. It's okay. <laughs> Take your bed. <laughs> all right. See you guys. Well, have a good one.